good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Great to have you in the podcast today. Welcome to my study. Have my cup of coffee ready and ready to anchor my soul to the Word of God. How is your soul anchored today? Is it gripped firmly to the Word of God? Begin a new podcast week right now, and at least, at least with this particular episode, and uh, have just come from a a wonderful Lord's Day celebration on the uh, yesterday, and we're able to sing His praises and uh, spend time with God's people, worshiping Him and giving Him the praise He deserves. It's always refreshing to our soul. We actually, at our ministry at Heritage, had uh, celebrated the Lord's Table last night, and uh, what a blessing that was to be able to gather with God's people and bring to remembrance and have a time of repentance and a time of times of reconcile and, and uh, all of the other uh, parts of what goes into having the Lord celebrating the Lord's Supper. So it's a wonderfully spiritually refreshing time yesterday, and I hope that wherever you are, you were able to give praise to God. You were able to assemble with God's people. And I think there's something significant about that that is one of those particular losses that we've experienced during uh, the COVID ish, uh, uh, circumstances in the past year. Uh, there has been a real longing for God's people to be together once again and to be able to lift our voices up in corporate worship. And uh, there's just no substitute for that. And I want to encourage you. I know that it's a difficult time right now, and there are many people that live in the grip of great fear. Uh, But I would suggest to you that there is no substitute listening over a Zoom or a live stream or something of that nature uh, is wholly inadequate when it comes to being able to assemble as God called us to, to to see each other in flesh and blood and to be able to give God praise and thanksgiving for what He's done and what we can anticipate from Him in keeping His promises. And so I encourage you to get back in and get back into church as quickly as possible, whether you want to take the inoculation or whatever you want to do. But uh, God's body needs you, Christ's body needs you to be there and be in that fellowship and to be an encouragement to you. In fact, today I'm going to turn our attention towards a couple passages of Scripture to give us some needed reminders. Uh, there is a lot of uh, rebooting going on with in the charismatic world right now. I've been reading recently about how there were several that made prophetic statements regarding the presidential election and things of that nature where there were a lot of charlatans and frauds that were exposed for what they genuinely are. Uh, because they made these predictions that Trump would be in the White House and things would roll along and holiness would come in and so on. And uh, and these uh, charlatans, these charismatic speakers, uh, to a large degree, have been discredited because of the falseness of their prediction. Now, some have said, well, they, uh, they were right, he should have been in, it was robbed, uh, there was fraud that went on, and, and be that as it may, and I understand where that person's coming from, the reality is, though, the one who is in the White House is not Trump, and they thoroughly discredited themselves, these charismatic charlatans, false prophets, and it has exposed them for what they really are, and that is false teachers. And so, from time to time, the Lord has to ruin the faces of those who would set themselves up as his spokesmen, as his channels of truth. And we have to be very cautious out there today. Uh, the the um, 
revelatory work of God in giving us truth is very specific and precise. And to say that there are many sources of truth is going to lead people into into darkness and despair and false teaching. I don't think that's there any that is any more evident than in reading recently of the accounts that have become very popular books about people who claim that they've been in heaven and have come back to report on it or that they've died and hovered over their own bodies before being brought back to life. Uh, some people uh, that I am aware of that had even maybe attended a good Bible teaching church have read books like Heaven is for Real or 90 Minutes in Heaven. They're basically heaven travelogues and uh, pamphlets that uh, uh, have people have taken as real descriptions of what it was like to be in heaven. Uh, in fact, one of the books that I just named has had to be purposely withdrawn from the shelves from the publishing company, uh, even though the publishing company is much to be blamed because they found out that the person who wrote that book was actually telling a lie the whole time in order to sell a book, and yet it became very popular. Now, the question then is brought up, does the Bible have anything to say about these phenomena or the many accounts of visions and dreams or spiritual matters? Uh, does, uh, does the Bible have anything to say regarding the validity and credibility of anybody who would come and have these kinds of visions and dreams and extra or meaning outside the Bible uh, revel revelation from God? And I believe it's just a timely topic since there are many uh, I've had people even attend our church who accept these accounts as not only being factual, but direct revelations from God. And I think it's a great tragedy, and it sets them up for a spiritual downfall. And so I wanted to take up this topic in the next couple podcasts in order to set the record straight from a scriptural viewpoint uh, regarding extra revelation from God. The answer to the question are these accounts reliable, is really threefold. Uh, first of all, we have a complete revelation from God. Don't ever forget that, dear listener. Uh, in the Bible is where God has uh, opened His mind to our mind. We don't need any further revelation. What is included from Genesis to Revelation is God's complete revealed will. We don't need any more dreams or visions. When God closed out the, the uh, scriptures themselves, he makes that statement and says that with the conclusion of Revelation, there is nothing more to be added to the book. Secondly, I would suggest to you part of the answer is that the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that he was literally transported to heaven, yet he was not allowed to speak of what he saw in heaven which is an interesting thing that happened to him, that apparently those who see things today don't feel bound by the same thing that the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, above all people, was not allowed to speak of what he saw. Third, in addition to having a complete revelation from God, in addition to the Apostle Paul not even being allowed to speak of what he saw in heaven, but third, I would suggest to you there are people who take these visions as confirmation that they're going to heaven. When you examine what they believe, you actually come to find out that they're lost. They are lost spiritually. Now, there's a few passages to keep in mind, and we'll end with today's. 
uh, today's uh, uh, podcast, and that is, uh, as we begin to discuss that topic, we really need to consider three biblical passages that give us some important insight. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3, 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15, and 2 Corinthians 12 verses 1 through 4. Whereas none of these va- uh, passages are definitive when it comes to the topic of dreams and visions, but they do help to give us a framework for discussion about what God's purpose is in them. What about dreams and visions? That's what we're talking about. Uh, it's interesting that Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3 really informs you that Uh, through much activity come many dreams. In other words, the scripture is reminding us that the business of our lives and our minds causes the brain to continue to work even when you're in sleep, produces all kinds of dreams, things that are uncontrollable by you. Uh, The key point of the passage in Ephesians 5 is simply to remind us that the activity of daily life that stimulates the mind uh, is what also produces dreams. The mind is the origin of dreams, not some outside source. And I think that's something that has to be borne in mind, that these things that people come up with are are the products of their own activity in their mind, not an outside influence giving them additional revelation. That's important to bear in mind. Secondly, 2 Corinthians 11 verses 13 to 15 tells us that Satan is a great deceiver. That is his chief work. He Even the Bible says he appears as an angel of light and his servants or his ministers also appear as angels of light. In other words, what I'm saying is there, there are going to be those who teach false things <clears throat> in the world today who look and sound like they're actually teaching the things of God. That's going on oh my, exponentially in our culture today. There will be guys and gals that will sound real, godly, and genuine, and they look great, and they look like they're being blessed. But in fact, they sound so real and convincing that many true believers are led away by their clever rhetoric and conversation and their flashy and dynamic teaching. Would it be surprising that Satan could use our our minds and our visions in the same manner? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, the the Apostle Paul says he was taken up into paradise, which, which is in heaven, and he saw and heard things that are not lawful to reveal to anyone. Surely, dear folks, if Paul was not allowed to speak of what he saw in heaven, no one else is either. The secret things, Deuteronomy 29, 29, still belong to God. God is working His plan. He has given us His revelation. We're going to look more into this in the next podcast. What is seen by those who see visions? Tune in next time, and we'll look at this. Father, we love you today. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Pray that you would bless these listeners today as they go out to serve you. Give us wisdom and discernment. Christ name.